Welcome to this very special episode of BHI in Focus. I'm your guide, Rebel, and today we are talking to our newly appointed Executive Director of Student Experience, Herman. Herman comes to BHI with a wealth of vocational educational knowledge, which includes working at Bendigo Kangan, Chisholm, Swinburne and Monash Universities. He has worked in a number of leadership roles in the sector in a varied areas, areas including business intelligence, student experience, student success and quality. If you haven't had a chance to encounter Herman's smiling face around the campus, don't worry. His positivity and enthusiasm is infectious and can be spotted a mile away. Let's take some time to get to know him. Herman, welcome to BHI in Focus. Thank you so much, Ree, for that lovely introduction. Um, I'd actually like to begin the podcast by acknowledging the people of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung groups of the Kulin Nation, on whose unceded lands I conduct the responsibilities of my role. I acknowledge Womanjaka as an activity of Kulin leadership that has been occurring on these lands long before first settler contact. This continues today with the offer of Womanjaka. I respectfully respond by acknowledging ancestors past and present. It is my intention to welcome and support our teams and workplace culture in everyone's own reconciliation journey. I also value deep listening and seven generations thinking that has sustained country and ensured the resilience of Aboriginal peoples and sovereignties across the lands and waters of Australia. I love that. When you mentioned that you wanted to do that to kick off our podcast, I was saying that that's something that I'd never considered before and your explanation for wanting to do it is so fitting to what we do here at BHI. Like, it's, yeah, just wonderful. So thank you for kicking it off that way. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ree. So your experience in this sector is very impressive um, and it's obvious that you have a love for education. Where does that passion come from? So I'm fortunate and grateful myself to have access to formal education and other learning opportunities. Um, I actually arrived in Australia as an international student myself, then worked as an academic at Monash. So the way I kind of describe it is I've seen all the sides. So I've mm -hmm. studied as an international student, then studied as a domestic student. I've been an academic, so I've taught, I've worked in professional services. So I've kind of seen all the sides of education. I um, also did a lot of travel. So between sort of Chisholm and Bendigo Kangan Institute, my partner and I had an 18-month career break and we actually oh, wow. travelled the world. And that was really interesting because travelling the world really sort of opened my eyes to the power of education and how it actually changes lives. So I am very grateful for the opportunities that we do have in Australia mm -hmm. and seeing firsthand that power of education, watching our students on day one when they turn up, they're not sure where to go, they're looking all lost and then seeing them 12, 18 months later when they're mm. confident, ready to navigate the big bad world out there, that just gets me out of bed every morning. I am taking you off guard here because this is not in things that we've spoken about, but I seem to recall in the first couple of weeks that you were here, you bumped into a new student and they didn't know where to go. Yeah. So you both went on this adventure together to find out where the student needed to go. I think that's so wonderful that you just went on this adventure with a student, like, let's just find out where you need to go and we'll, we're in this together. It's so fitting with the BHI values, I love that. Yeah, I think look, it was a group of nursing students and I think it was week two for me. And they were here for orientation and they were struggling to find out where to go. They looked really lost and I just sort of walked up to them and said, hey, you look lost, I work here, can I help you? And they were trying to find where their orientation was. Obviously, I'm geographically challenged, but we walked around, we asked other staff and we actually found it. 
I think for me, what I really encourage every single staff member to do is just stop, smile at a student, yeah. say hello, ask a student if I can actually help you. It does make a genuine difference, but yeah. it also actually reinforces why we're all here and, and you know that we do make a difference to students' yeah. lives. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about what you do in your spare time. You mentioned that you went on your your 18 month career break. How do you relax and unwind? Yeah, so obviously travel is a big thing. I absolutely love it, but that doesn't happen very often. Um, between my role at Box Hill, I'm also a member on the Inner Metropolitan Partnership Group, mm-hmm. and I'm also undertaking the Williamson Leadership Program. So there's not really much time to relax. Busy, um, busy. Yeah, busy, busy. But it's interesting, through the Leadership Program, I've really learned to take time out and just pause and reflect. So I do spend a lot of time reflecting and penciling mm-hmm. my thoughts. Um, I often find as leaders, sometimes, you know, we're go, go, go. We don't mm-hmm. actually have that time to stop, reflect and consider. So I do yeah. do a little bit of that. But I'm when, when I'm not doing any of that, my partner and I kept extremely occupied by our eight-month-old Cavoodle, who oh. has a personality that's much larger than life. <laughs> so she keeps us very, very occupied. And the puppy's name is? Puppy's name is Lexi. Oh. So I'm happy to share photos with anyone that's interested, but she is an absolute terror. So anyone that says, you know, puppies are all about cuddles and great oh, no. times, no, no. none of that. No. And there is a Pets um, of BHI group on Yammer that we would be very welcome to accept pictures of Lexi. Love it. Happy to post (laughs) pictures of Lexi. They're probably tearing up stuff. (laughs) Uh, What inspired you to want to join our BHI family? It's interesting. If we look more broadly, there's not many organisations that truly change lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm genuinely inspired by the work that actually happens here. Um, across my last two roles at Kangan, I was steering the organization through COVID and then after that through re-registration. Now, that was absolutely fun, but I really realized part of those two roles that what do I really miss? And I miss students. Yeah. And that was the part that really anchored me and anchored my entire experience and background. Um, I sort of look across BHI and I genuinely believe that, you know, if we align ourselves and we always remember student at the heart, mm-hmm we actually can provide an exemplary experience for our students. So for me, coming in externally, Mm. I'm very, very grateful to be here. We do some things really, really well, like anything. There's plenty of areas that we can actually improve. Of course. Um, But even over the last three weeks, I've sort of felt that, you know, meeting a lot of people across the organisation, everyone's heart's in the right place. Absolutely. It's about detangling and also connecting the dots. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm not student facing, but getting to tell the stories of our students and our teachers and the incredible things that people do, that's why I come to work. It's, you know, I love being able to tell those stories. So it it all fits, it all connects. And that's so powerful. I mean, our students have got amazing stories, but so Mm. do our teachers. Our teachers have got phenomenal stories. Mm -hmm. So maybe the next podcast you do could be with one of our students, our teachers. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, we spoke to Aggie Cost a few months ago and she spoke about how passionate she is about the BHI values. You know, we're in it together. We make great ideas happen and we deliver outstanding experiences. Which of these values do you think reflects your personality the most? It's interesting because all of the values really resonate with me. And I believe that these values show up in my personality when I'm in mm-hmm. different situations. But if I looked at all of our values and I looked at what Aggie said and I had to anchor myself to one, it's really remembering that while our processes and requirements may be complex, 
there is a student at the end of it and we must deliver outstanding experiences. Yeah. So that's probably the one that really anchors me. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, all of them resonate with me in different yeah. ways across my role. Yeah, absolutely. So you're a few weeks in. What is this, week five, six? No, I think it's week four. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm just aging you, sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, week four. Yeah. Are there things on your priority list that you look to address first? Yeah, thanks to our fabulous CEO, the priority list is growing and keeping me very, very well occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way I'm sort of looking at this is if we think of student experience, there's three major parts to student experience. Student experience comprises of the learning experience, which mm-hmm. is what happens in class. Mm-hmm. We've got the customer experience, which is all the transactional bits that our students go through, whether they interact with the library, whether they interact with a staff member, whether they interact at the front counter. And then there's what we call personalized experience. Now, one of the things we have to remember, our students are not just here for education, they do grow as individuals and it's their personal growth as well. So the way I'm approaching my priorities is thinking of the student life cycle, Mm -hmm. right? All of my work at the moment is starting with the awareness to enrollment phase. Mm-hmm. So much of my focus over the coming months would be building on the um, the work done by the transformation team in mm-hmm. enrollment and re-enrollment. Not really looking to redesign, but really looking to minor tweaks, right? Mm-hmm. How do we actually streamline the process? How do we make it a bit more efficient, but how do we continue to provide great customer experiences for them? So while we won't change the world for semester one, 2023, I expect that we'd have some small enhancements to create efficiencies and improve the student experience there. After March, I'd love to then think about how do we genuinely co-design and reimagine this enrollment experience along with our colleagues and faculty. So I always say there is a significant difference between consultation and Mm co-design, and I really want us to take a more co-design approach there's plenty of opportunities there. There's plenty of learnings. There's great work that has already been done. Let's mm-hmm. build on that. Um, once the awareness to enrollment phases have been completed, I'll then turn my attention to support services, campus life, and then finally progressing to how we actively engage our graduates as advocates of the brand. Yeah. So my overall intent is really to work through this sequentially, mm-hmm. um, just ensuring that we have consistency of service provision across the entire end-to-end student life cycle. Goodness, it's, it seems. I mean, you've you kind of narrowed it down to like four key points, but it's, it's a really huge chunk of work. So I'm really excited to see how it. It is a huge out. chunk of work, and you know, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not going to kid myself. I can't do this alone. Um, I've got amazing teams to support yeah. me, but. If we at BHI were going to deliver outstanding experiences, every single one of us has a role to play in this. Yeah, absolutely. And we all have a responsibility to talk about and know what's happening across our business as well. So if a family friend or someone says, oh, where do you work? And you say, I work at Box Hill Institute. I mean, for me, I'm quite proud to say I work here. I love being able to talk about the things that we're doing. So. And I think for me, that is also one of my longer term vision, whereby everyone at the Institute is a brand ambassador. Yeah. And what I mean by brand ambassadors is exactly as what you said, Re. you're proud to work here, you mm-hmm. love to work here, and you genuinely believe that the work you do here creates meaning. Yeah. And it may, yeah. And it's a game changer. <laughs> it is. So now we're going to have a little bit of a chat about you as a leader. So how would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I sort of feel like every interview I go for, they that's the first question, you know, mm. what is your leadership style? And it is a tricky one, but the answer that I always say is that I never grab 
I never gravitate to one particular leadership style. Um, I genuinely believe that leaders need to adapt based on their mm. environment, based on who you're working with and what's going on at that time. Mm-hmm. A few things, though, that anchor me as a leader is actually spending time to diagnose situations. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Managing self, mm-hmm. it's another one. Energizing others and then intervening skillfully. So there's yeah. some of the principles that I take away with me. My other passion is unlocking the potential of our people as I genuinely believe that employee experience is directly correlated to a great student experience. So that's something that I always take away from roles. Whenever anyone's asked me, you know, what what have you achieved in your role? And you know, what was your greatest achievement? What's the most amazing thing you've done? I always say it is the people that I've had the opportunity to unlock the potential and to develop and grow. So that's what I really take away. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the leadership program that you're doing at the moment. Um, I know that that has really formed a lot of some of the things you've spoken about today, but also you as a leader now. Mm. So I'm doing the Williamson Leadership Program. It's sort of, it's a unique, immersive, year-long program, and I actually started it in January this year. So about 70 people in Victoria get selected to do it every year. Um, It is an absolutely amazing program. So I've done a lot of leadership training in my time and I genuinely believe that this one has actually changed my life immensely. Um, It's expanded the way I see myself and see the world. Um, Mm -hmm. It's made a profound impact on me personally, but it's really challenged how I've actually led in the past. So it's an intense program, but what it's done over the course of the last 10 months is it's actually made me question my true purpose as a leader. Mm broader than contextually at work and broader than just education so you know if i ask myself the question why do i lead why do i enjoy leading and Mm -hmm. what is my true purpose throughout the course i've always remembered five key leadership principles and i think you know all of us can probably resonate with one or a number of these i'll share them with you the first one is leadership is not an sorry leadership is an activity not a position the second one anyone can lead anytime anywhere third one it starts with you and must engage others Mm -hmm. fourth one your purpose must be clear and finally it's risky Mm. Um, i remind myself of this every day when i wake up because at the end of the day as leaders you know while some of us have got the title of leaders i always remind myself that you know anyone can lead anytime anywhere and some of these principles actually really hold true to how i lead and what i've taken away from the program Wow. So uh, to conclude, what is the best piece of advice you have received or given about leadership that you could share with us today? So I'm going to go a bit rogue and actually share two things that I've learned. Go rogue. Probably over the last 12 months, I've really picked this up, these two things, and they always stick with me throughout any situation I deal with. So the first one is often as leaders, if we think about our role, we're always required to immediately jump in and solve the problem, right? Mm -hmm. It's here and now, we've got a problem, we've got to solve it. The best thing I've learned over the last 12 months is to allow myself to sit with the discomfort of diagnosing the actual challenge to be solved. This can be uncomfortable for leaders, but it actually helps us truly understand the ecosystem before experimenting with potential solutions. Um, I remember when I first trialed it, it's so uncomfortable to sit in that diagnosis mode because you know what the solution is, mm. you know you can jump into it, but the more you sit with that level of uncomfortableness, the more you really understand all of the factors at play. 
The second one that I've really tried to adapt and use as part of my day-to-day -day role is engaging the unusual voice. Now, what that really means is always bring someone in that may challenge you, may dissent, or may be a detractor. What I always say to people is that give yourself the space to be vulnerable in mm -hmm. those discussions, listen intently, and see the world from their eyes. This has been incredibly useful for me personally to understand the world from a different side and actually take into account what's driving the dissenter or the detractor before I actually start to jump into solutions mode. Yeah. So in every one of my engagements that I've had so far, what I've always tried to do is either bring in someone who may not necessarily be a subject matter expert or I know who's actually going to oppose my thinking, but that challenges me as a leader. So yeah. they often say, you know, if you surround yourself with everyone that gives you pats on the back, you're always going to keep doing what you're doing. Yep. But this helps me actually try new things and see the world from a different perspective. I love that so much. I love that last one. That's so good. And it's good to get varied points of view as well. Exactly. So, oh, that's awesome. Herman, thank you so much for your time and letting us get to know you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Ri, and thanks everyone for listening. As um, I try every day to get out of my office and do what I call my daily walks, which mm -hmm. is just roaming around the place, getting lost, then I'm sure someone will point me in the right direction. <laughs> um, so, you know, just jump up, say hi, and would love to have a chat with anyone. And I can attest to that. <laughs> that happened in our first interaction. So there you go. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we want to hear what you think. And there's only a few more episodes left before the season of BHI in Focus wraps. So tell us on Yammer or send us an email at staffcoms at boxhill.edu.au. Bye for now.